DACA, ITIN, first time home buyer or want to invest? Embar Mendez is a bilingual agent with Remax Real Estate Results, ready to help you. Call or text her today to talk about buying or selling property at 479-879-3398. Everybody, welcome back to the District 3 podcast. It's uh, been uh, two weeks for me. Um, but I'm glad to be back. I'm joined. This is Manny, joined by <laughs> Irvin. You forgot your name there for a little bit. Manny. I, yeah, I was like, who am who I? Who are you? I don't, you know, it, it's it's COVID. You yeah, know, I, that's well, I don't have COVID. <laughs> bad start. Bad start. Bad start. Careful. Episode sixty-two. Okay, this is go. episode sixty-two. Take over, Irvin, please. <laughs> we checked before the show. This is Irvin, and uh, I think I've also been gone. Well, you haven't you haven't been gone for two weeks. You've been gone for one week. I've been gone for two weeks. Took a, we took one week off. We we both took it off. So you, yeah, you you weren't. We weren't here in the studio last week. Any of us? Definitely, definitely. And we're here today with a special guest, uh, someone that's running for state representative for District ninety uh, as a Democrat. Uh, and and I see your your names are different on social media. Do you go by Kelly Kraut Ross or Kelly Ross Kraut? Uh, Kelly Kraut. Yeah, Kelly Ross Kraut. is my middle name, and I just okay. kept it. So. Ross, that's my favorite character from Friends. <laughs> yes, big Friends fan. There we go. Uh, so, yeah, Kelly, welcome. Thank you. Thanks for having me. We appreciate you being here. And first of all, I guess we can talk about uh, what area does your district cover, if you want to talk about that. Sure. Yeah, so District 90 covers most of Lowell, some Southern Rogers. Uh, New Hope Road is my northern boundary. And then when it goes west of 49, it kind of goes over the Pinnacle area and spreads out west towards Cave Springs all the way out to Heifel. The southern boundary is County Line Road in Springdale, so I'm just north of District 89. So we cut off right by the by the County Line liquor store. By the liquor store, right that's, there. That's always what I use as reference, you know, because it's like, <laughs> yeah, same. and I live, I actually live right behind that County Line liquor store, so that's why I always use it as a reference. But <laughs> uh, District 90, um, it, it includes Lowell, like you said. I used to live in Lowell for about two or three years. Um, you live right on that border, huh? Now I do. Yeah. Now I do, but. When I lived in Lowell, um, when we, we came from California, we moved directly to Lowell, and I okay. went to Lowell Elementary. Um, is that where your kids are going to school? My kids go to Tucker Elementary, and then okay. I've got a junior high and a high schooler as well. Where's Tucker Elementary at? It is right behind High Rise and oh, okay. Grasslands, uh-huh. right there in the middle of Lowell. So, right, yeah. right by where I saw that ghost, Manny. A few months ago. Remember we talked about <laughs> yeah, that? Yeah, we talked about Well, we'll tell you a little bit about it off the air. I still don't know if I believe the story. But I, Myra saw it too. It wasn't just me. Yeah, I know. I believe Myra more. Okay, well. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I believe you both. I believe you both. Um, but, so, do where's, where's kind of your favorite spots around there? Where do you, I mean, obviously you're probably spending most of the time indoors uh, right now. But what are your like go-to areas around uh, your district? Well, that is a super question. Yeah, we're quite the homebodies right now with COVID. We're staying pretty serious about that. And we're right there by Tucker. We live right in that neighborhood. Okay. And so just right behind Fast Lanes and all those fun spots. Right right across the street from us is the new AAO basketball facility. Okay. And my older son plays for AAO. And so he gets to go back and forth and practice a lot. So that's a pretty cool spot. But. We do a lot of stuff in Rogers. It's a good central area. Yeah. We really yeah. love it. Especially like, I mean, it's, I remember maybe five years ago, there was not any of that really there. Yeah. It's going really fast. Yeah. I mean, it's part of those, it's one of those central areas in Northwest Arkansas that it's just like bloomed 
really hard mm -hmm. um, in, in the last few years. So Yeah, um, and are you originally from Arkansas? Yes, yes. Okay. So my husband and I both grew up in Russellville, okay. just a couple hours south of here, and moved up here about 16 years ago on a whim. And just really like it. Yeah. Directly to Lowell? Is that where you We moved, moved to Springdale, actually just a couple of miles from where we are right now. Okay. And uh, then we moved up to Rogers and then into Lowell. So we've sort of stuck around the general area. And why do you feel now is the perfect moment to run for office for you? Well, I don't know that it is the perfect moment to run mm -hmm. for office. I mean, it's, <laughs> it's a wild, <laughs> it's a wild time. Yeah. But I stepped up to run largely because nobody else was doing it. There was no one in my district that was going to be on the Democratic ticket. It was going to be uncontested. And so I sat around for a minute waiting to see if somebody was going to step up and then realize, like, you know what, I can do this. I can yeah. step up and do this. And so we talked about it as a family and everybody was super supportive. And I, I decided to run pretty late in the game, probably about two weeks before the filing deadline. Oh, okay. So, but I think for our democracy to work, it's incredibly important to have options on the mm -hmm. ballot. and. I think that I can learn how to do what I need to do. And I'm having a fun, fun time running. I think it's great. I'm meeting a lot of cool people yeah. and learning a lot about the process. And, and so how do you, um, like you said, you, you uh, filed two, two weeks before the deadline. And of course there's that big uh, filing fee. Yeah. How was your journey to get that? Well, like, it was pretty wild because I, I had some people connect me with people who knew what they were talking about in campaigns because I'd never run for office and this was yeah. all pretty out of my league. I feel you. And they were like, hey, you're going to need to raise $3,000 for the mm -hmm. filing fee. And I was like, well, holy crap. It's that's the highest filing fee in the country. Arkansas yeah. Democratic Party, if you're listening, that needs to be <laughs> yeah, lowered yeah, because it's what? no good. But I basically was like, all right, well, if it's meant to be, I'll be able to raise $3,000. So I started with my richest friends, of course, yeah, yeah. to ask. <laughs> so I hit my top donors that first week, but uh, but I managed to raise it. And I was like, well, that's clear enough for me. So yeah. I'm more of a walk through the open door kind of person and just wait for it to slam. I don't like wait for a booming voice or Mm -hmm. anything dramatic. I just am trying to do the next right thing and everything kind of fell in place to run. That's so tough because well, I ran back in 2016 here in Springdale and um, I actually had like three days to get the filing fee. Luckily, I had a friend who was able to reach out to his rich friends yep. or wealthy friends and they were able to, to get that fee for me, but that's tough. Yeah, yeah, fundraising is, it's hard. Yeah, yeah it's, it is. I mean, and it's the, I mean, it's the, it's really just your job for like yeah. the first six months of a campaign. It's just like, hey, how do we find ways to raise money? And it's not necessarily that like, anybody that's running a campaign is like money hungry right it's just the barrier right. that you need to get over to be able to to reach well i guess obviously just to even step through the door and put your name on the ballot right. um which is unfortunate um but i think it's important that people understand that that's the stigma you know we say three thousand dollars that's a lot of money for a lot of people yeah. um especially to be able to like pull out of nowhere in two weeks um, so, you know, I, I think some people are like, you know, there's so many other good things that you could do with that money. And I think, like you said, to the uh, commissions that actually put those fees in place, um, especially the Democratic Party, if you're going to call yourself the Democratic Party, you should make it a little more easy for everybody to get on a ballot. And 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 because I think the Republicans have a way lower fee, isn't it in the hundreds? I think it's matched. It's I think it's the same thing. And, and that's and that's the reason that the Democratic Party has it that high. It's because they, they're like, well, you know, it's it's comparable to what the other side has. Mm. Um, and the, the main reason is that the Republican Party was raising fees so that not, you know, 
everyday Joe Schmo wouldn't get on the list yeah. um, of candidates. Um, and it just doesn't make sense that both sides would have that unless that was your only goal. And I think it's it's tough just in general to ask for money. Yeah. I think oh, for yeah. me, that was like the most stressful part of campaigning is calling people. Because like my, my campaign manager was like, okay, make a list of the people you know and call them, ask for any kind of donation. I'm like, yo, but like the people I know aren't, don't have that extra right. money, right. you know, for campaigns. And, uh, and then during just fundraising in general, like for me, it was the most stressful part of campaigning. I'm not sure if you relate to that. Oh, yeah. Well, especially in the beginning, it was so out of my comfort zone. And I was told the same thing. Call every person in your phone and ask them for money. Well, I run in some pretty conservative circles. And mm-hmm. so my husband and I kind of joked like the hardest part about this was sort of coming out <laughs> as yeah. Democrats because yeah. most of our friends are Republicans. Mm-hmm. And it kind of shocked a bunch of people. Yeah. I guess I hadn't been loud enough in the first place about it i don't know and so when i was calling through i got a lot of hard no's no i'm not supporting a democratic campaign and it was it was kind of hurtful because i was like i I would hope that you could trust me as a person even if you were not quite as line aligned politically as you thought we were um but that was that was a major challenge at first so i kind of resorted to calling mostly strangers yeah um because that was easier um than hearing from my friends and them not wanting to support a campaign because of what party i was running with how do you how do you uh, explain I guess your because obviously running as a Democrat you have those Democrat values and you stand for certain issues that are usually on a Democrat platform. How do you feel that like your past has in a way influenced your views uh, today? Because I know you said that you run in uh, circles that are might, might be a little bit more conservative, right. but there has to have been something in your life, you know, whether it being just your experience as a child or anything that you've gone through to make your morals align. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's a great question. I, I was raised by fairly liberal parents, but I got in a friend group late in high school with some pretty conservative friends. You know, you're real impressionable at that age, and I was young, and I just sort of went along with what they said and sort of adopted that as my own mentality. And then in my young adulthood, I just started meeting more people that were not like me, that were not the same color as me, that did not have the same sexual orientation as me, and I realized, wow, my belief system is not super helpful to people who aren't just like me. And then I actually went to college right out of high school, could not pick a major, went for several years and ended up dropping out. And we had a family, had several kids, and I actually went back to college a couple of years ago. And just getting to be around young people and learning a lot more about just just acceptance and just sort of a more liberal mindset mm-hmm. um, in my young 30s was really pivotal in changing my okay. my stance. Yeah. And so just becoming more accepting and deciding what I really believed for myself and my values didn't really change. It was just my perspective really did. And so how we go about helping people is is different on both ends of the spectrum. Yeah. Which exposure, I think, is the most important thing that I get out of that. It's like, you know, when you if you're and it's tough to say now, but when you're in a bubble, Mm -hmm. um, it's it's really hard to say, like, I'm going to open uh, my ideas or like m- what I say is completely right but you know w- as soon as you step a little bit out of your comfort zone I think we start learning things about ourselves right. and about other people I know I, I thought very similar things and I think even my mother to a point you know we were very conservative growing up you know going to church that was like it that's all we did it was like school and church school and church um, but even like introducing my mother to other ideas it's you just see uh, a, a different perspective um, and people grow in that way and it's uh, you know 
obviously I think our listeners would probably all agree that that's the best thing that you could do. Right. Um, but hopefully we can all just com- continue to encourage each other as friends right. yeah. to do that. And Another, just have like an open, yeah. like an open mind. Absolutely. I think, I think it's important. But it's just the, like you said, being exposed to other people groups and people who have different experiences. Another big pivotal thing for my husband and I was we did foster care for several years. Mm. I grew up in a very privileged family. I was very insulated and I I had that naive mindset of like, oh, you can just, everybody can succeed and you can pull yourself up by your bootstraps. Mm-hmm. And then we were exposed to all of these families who were struggling so hard and so many by no fault of their own. And they were just sort of trapped in these horrible situations and addiction and poverty just, you know, all piling on top of each other and it made me realize like wow this was a really oversimplified view that i had of Mm -hmm. this and and i've got to change my my mindset here yeah can you can you touch more on that because i I did see that on your page about you i think it said a former foster parent on Mm -hmm. your page can you talk about like uh why you decided to become a foster parent yeah so we my husband and i had always wanted to foster we used to work in the church nursery actually and there were a few foster kids in there and we were like oh this is such a neat thing to do for families and we just want to do that from the beginning at back when we first got married you had to be married for two years before you could foster Mm. and so we obviously didn't and we had a couple of biological kids and got kind of distracted with our lives and then a few years later just revisited it and when we heard the need I didn't realize how huge the need was Mm -hmm. but there's a massive shortage of foster homes all of the time and I've tried to be able to use this platform to kind of advocate for that as well because They're just, people just don't know what they don't know. I didn't realize there were kids at my children's school who were in foster care. I just Mm, don't know. It's just such a huge need. And so we had space and we stepped up to do it. And we stayed open for two or three years. Then we closed for a couple years. Then we opened back up for a few years. Uh, We've only been closed for about a year and a half. Uh, We've adopted three kids out of foster care. Mm, And we fostered about 20 that were able to reunify or go with different families. That's what I was going to ask you because I really don't know much about the process, to be honest, when mm-hmm. it comes to foster care. So I don't know if it's like a, a permanent thing or if it's something where, like you said, right. you reunite with families. Right. So most were two or three month long placements. We had okay. a couple of placements that were a year, year and a half long. And then, of course, a couple that have stuck around for the long haul. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's so cool. Yeah. And thank you so much for doing that. Um, I remember when I was growing up, I had a neighbor that was... Uh, that was a foster home um, and had a lot of, of kids going in and out um, and knowing those stories especially there was one kid who was closest to my age he was there for a long time um, and he had two siblings that stuck with him and they actually bounced house, house to house and it was really tough for them but for him it was once he turned 18 he was going to become the adoptive parent try to find his dad mm. to try to you know reconnect so it's like these huge journeys right that foster kids really struggle with um so you know being a foster parent it's it's a huge undertaking so thank you well thank you yeah and we're gonna take a little quick break and uh we'll be right back are we putting any music manny yeah we're gonna play some music this is a this is a band uh an alternative uh spanish band called little jesus i've heard of them yeah we'll be right back
vas a regresar Pero nadie se tiene que enterar De lo que pasa cuando faltas Eso te pasa por hablar de Listening to Little Jesus. Yeah, La Magia. So that, that's one of that? my. It's one of my favorite bands. Uh, I don't remember where I, I heard them. Oh, I remember Austin City Limits. They they were doing like uh, some kind of feature on on Spanish bands, and I was like, whoa, this band's crazy good. Are they Mexican? They are, I think. Because it sounds like the, like a name that would be used like in a Mexican band, like an yeah. indie band. Yeah, well, I don't know if it's like, yeah, I don't know if they're if it's pronounced Little Jesus or Little Jesus. Little Jesus. Yeah. Um, I think I think maybe just for the sake of the show, we'll call it Little Jesus. Yeah, Little Jesus. <laughs> uh, but anyways, yeah, quick break, and we're back with Kelly Crowell. Kelly, thank you for still being for sticking with us. For <laughs> just, uh, that Little Jesus song. Um, but uh, one of the things I want to talk to you is TikTok. Oh yeah, um, let's do it. So. I yeah. now follow you on TikTok. I think I started following you like two weeks ago, I believe. Because I, I followed your your Twitter first. Okay. And then I uh, saw your TikTok and I followed you. And um, tell us about like how you're using that as a tool. I tell candidates, uh, specifically the ones that I'm helping out right now, that TikTok is important because they might not think it is because maybe they don't know, you know, like how to use it as a tool. Mm-hmm. But the fact that if you go on there, it literally puts your videos in front of local people it's that wild. are on TikTok. It is wild. I first downloaded TikTok kind of like ironically, you know, like at the beginning <laughs> of COVID, I was bored and, you know, looking for something to do. And then I realized, okay, hey, we can use this as a tool, but I was mostly just using it to make content to put on other platforms mm. like Instagram and, and Twitter. But then I had one video about Second Amendment stuff go viral, mm-hmm. which brought me all these other followers and then people from across the country are wanting to contribute to the campaign mm-hmm. and so it's been really cool to watch it kind of turn into a thing but that algorithm is just wild it really does bring you local specific people who are interested in this i've at this i've lost count at this point i've had at least 30 or 40 people say oh my goodness i'm in your district mm-hmm. like i can vote for you know and the districts are specific you know the maps are wild yeah. i found tons of people on Ar- from arkansas mm-hmm. but uh excuse me 
but yeah, the district specific just blows my mind. I think it's really interesting that you said that you you went on there yourself on your own because usually it's like your kids that, <laughs> yeah. that say, "Hey, like, look at TikTok." <laughs> Let's be very clear: my kids don't have TikTok. Okay, okay. yeah, there you go. <laughs> There's some adult content on TikTok. You really gotta, you know. It, it caters to what you're interested in. Yeah, and yeah. so, you know, I get mostly political stuff and jokes and goofy dances because that's the kind of thing that I get a kick out of. I get, I get food. food. <laughs> Mine's all like Japanese food. Like, <laughs> this is how you make the best ramen. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know. That is great. I think uh, mine's, like, mine's like scary stuff. Political stuff, <laughs> spooky, and like yeah. soccer. Like it's just I don't know. Why I don't I just, know why the spooky things surprises me. I should have known that. That's why like, <laughs> the be, ghost story. I'd be liking all those like scary. It's scary like, like oh yeah, you're going to the hotel, the crescent. Yeah, hotel. yeah. Wow. So it's it's you know it's, my wife's more into it than I am, but I'm I'm like a trooper, you know. So I like that's right. You know, like, I I support her her interests. Um, so tell us a little bit more about TikTok, about your TikTok specifically, like how. I, you've you've just based on the videos that I've seen, you've gotten very good at it. You know, like well, you you use like I look at it and I'm like, man, this this video that is like a minute long probably took you a lot of work. They, Specifically, yeah. the ones that have a lot of text on that them. takes a long time, and there's 100% of the time a typo in it because I just can't type that <laughs> fast. And then once you look at it, you know what it's supposed to say, and so you can't see the typos anymore. So I hate that when a video's gotten 500,000 views and you're like, oh my god, I misspelled a <laughs> word in this, but. It's whatever. But yeah, I do have, we have an adult son that we actually adopted this summer. He's 21. And I first downloaded TikTok when he was living with us this summer. Okay. And he sort of showed me the ropes of it, kind of how to make just the most basic videos. And then I've just kind of taught myself watching other people do it. And it's really fun. I enjoy it. I get a kick out of it. Um, if you're not having fun with it, I don't think it would be a successful platform for people to use. But mm -hmm. I enjoy it. And, you know, all the social media platforms have kind of a different vibe. And so I don't share a lot of the TikToks on Facebook. That's not really their jam over there. I share some of them on Twitter. But you, TikTok, you can kind of say whatever you want to say on TikTok. And so it gets a little edgier over there. We yeah. have some debates, and it's it's fun. I, I just really enjoy it. What are some of the things that you do bring up in those TikToks? I mean, some of the points that you try to make or, yeah. or some of the arguments that you ended up getting <laughs> in. Well, what I originally sought out to do was I knew running as a Democrat in a red district what people were going to come at me about mm -hmm. so like oh are you are you going to take our guns and oh you're pro-choice and that's awful and you know i just knew kind of what to anticipate so i decided i'm going to beat people to the punch here and just explain how i feel about guns my husband and i are gun owners we i filmed that TikTok in front of our gun safe and just explained hey we're not out to take people's guns we just want people to be safe we're trying to keep guns out of the hands of dangerous people i explained my stance on pro-choice you know hey we need to we all want abortion rates to go down. I don't know anybody that doesn't, yeah. but how yeah. can we do that without legislation? Let's do that with good policy. Mm -hmm. And so just trying to really kind of combat what people might come at me at before they actually do. So that was mm -hmm. sort of my goal. Yeah. I've also talked a lot about foster care on there. There's a whole side of TikTok where people are interested in foster care and adoption and just sort of dispelling some myths about that, especially fostering teens. We mostly fostered teenagers and that was sort of our sweet spot. We like teens and yeah people are scared of teenagers and so i was like hey let's talk about that maybe we can recruit some families to do it so. i think one of the cool things i mean that you're doing with TikTok, a lot of people sometimes specifically when you run for office and i'm guilty of this is that we take ourselves too seriously mm -hmm. you know you want to be respected yeah. yeah you want people to to, to to see you as a leader right and sometimes you're not like because of that reason you, you don't put yourself out there in ways that can benefit your campaign sure and i feel like you're able to do that 
you know, because some of your TikToks, you know, some of them might be informative, some of them might be goofy, but at the, at the end of the day, it gets more attention to your campaign. Right, it does. And I think, I think why it's being fairly successful is that people are seeing an authentic me. Like what you're seeing on TikTok, that's how I act in real life. That's what I wear in real life. I don't walk around in business suits. I'm in here in cutoffs, like whatever. I'm just a normal person mm -hmm. running for office. And I think that's refreshing to people. Mm -hmm. It brings it kind of, it just normalizes it a yeah. little bit. And so I've had a lot of fun with that. And I actually think the pandemic has helped me to be able to campaign more how I want to. I mm -hmm. probably would have done a more cookie cutter version had we been in a normal campaign season. But yeah. you had to get mm -hmm. creative. Nobody knows how to pan pandemic campaign. There's probably yeah. a word for that with pandemic campaign. I don't know. <laughs> Combine it so I'll make it a word later. But nobody knows what's <laughs> successful during that. And so we may as well try something new. And this is different and it's it's gotten some attention and it's working and so Let's keep it up. I saw that Ronetta's on there too, right? Ronetta yeah, Francis. Ronetta and I did a little dance the other day. We <laughs> yeah. had some fun with that. There's a handful of candidates that are doing it, but it is it is time consuming, and I've got the benefit yeah. of being home with my kids, and my mm -hmm. kids help me with them, and so it's yeah. it's something that's doable for me. Kelly's got the clout now. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> the clout. <laughs> that's <a> clout. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> hey, you you got to use whatever you can yeah. to win. You mm -hmm. know, if it's if if it's getting attention on TikTok and eventually leading to become contributions um, to your campaign, then hey, it, yeah. you should use anything you can. Yeah. Um, and besides TikTok, uh, during this pandemic, is there other innovative ways that you're actually campaigning that um, people usually don't do? When well, the pandemic's not happening. You know, I mean, I'm making phone calls with other candidates, and everybody's doing that. But we also we're doing no contact canvassing. We had already ordered all the poem cards that we were going to distribute. I didn't want to waste those, but also didn't want to knock on doors. So we got. I saw your family did like an event, yeah, right? Yeah. So I've got I've got a lot of kids, and we've got a big <laughs> old van, and so we creep through neighborhoods looking like total weirdos. I'm sure I've got some Kelly Kraut signs coming to put on my van, so I look like less of a okay. kidnapper. <laughs> it's a creepy van, I get it. Yeah. But, Anyway, so yeah, the kids will run back and forth and, and put the little notes in the doors. And so we're no contact canvassing. And that's been really successful. It's bringing people, you know, to follow us on social media and see what's going on. And I think a lot of people just don't realize there's a Democrat running. And so just getting a little bit of name recognition out there. Yeah. Letting so. people know that there is an option. Yeah. Because uh, nobody expects there to be an option right, right. now, you know. Um, and people should vote. Vote whatever way you believe. But yeah. as long as people have options and more people are voting, it's it's a more representative democracy. And I think at the end of the day, that's what we all want. Exactly. Definitely. Um, Kelly, where are some places that people can find you on, on your TikTok or your yeah. other socials? So the TikTok is Kelly Ross Kraut. That, and, you know, I sort of made it as my personal TikTok. It's not necessarily a campaign <laughs> TikTok. But Here so we are. I'll keep TikToking. <laughs> it's, it's a fun time. But all the other socials I'm on there is Kelly for Arkansas. It's K-E-L-L-Y, and it's pretty easy to find. So I've got Facebook and Instagram and, and Twitter, and they all get kind of slightly different content. And then my website's kellyforarkansas.com. And what are what are some of the, uh, I guess, the most important issues of your campaign? Because I know sometimes campaigns have, like, all issues matter, right? But it's sure. like there's some that we try to focus on more. Is there some specifically right. for you? Well, you know, the biggest things on my platform are education. We just need to be better funding the education system. We need to be better paying our teachers. I've got a lot of kids in the public school system, so I've had a really close eye on kind of how that goes and how teachers need more support. We need more support mental health-wise within the schools for kids who struggle with trauma, which we felt acutely within the foster care system. And then health care. Obviously, now more than ever, everybody needs access to health care. And I just feel really passionately that people need to be treated with dignity. It's just real simple. Like, let's just be kind and treat people fairly. And so that's that's my platform in a nutshell. 
Okay. And um, I like to ask this to, to our guests. Um, what's one thing that you do to take care of your mental health? Besides TikTok. Ta- but besides TikTok. <laughs> <laughs> you were about to say TikTok. <laughs> That's right. Uh, I like to run. I'm a lot nicer person when I run. Mm. And so, you know, <laughs> I, I, I run a few miles a few times a week and just sort of I listen to a book or listen to some music and just sort of, you know, separate just a little bit, get some alone time that is really energizing but calming to me. Uh, my family all agrees that I'm a much nicer person when I, <laughs> when I jog. <laughs> yeah, I think I, I just run. Everybody go go for a run to do some exercise this week yeah. you know it's we're about to get some cold weather so take advantage of it while you can right here the mornings and the evenings are super nice in arkansas right now uh for those of you that haven't noticed the weather's not that bad right now it's nice outside right i'm probably yeah. gonna run when i get home and i usually run in a kelly for arkansas shirt there so like go. honk if you see me away don't hit me That's <laughs> you know wave uh, and say hi that's funny and what and for the people that are listening um if you want to tell us why you think they should they should vote for you well i think they should vote for me because we need a lot more balance in the state legislature the democrats are a super minority in the house and the senate and i don't think we should be all republican or all democrat we need to have a balance so we can meet in the middle and really do what's best for the average arkansan and we can't be doing that with super minorities and so if we flip a couple of seats like mine, we could get rid of that super major- minority. It would still be a minority, but it wouldn't be a super one. So mm-hmm. we could get a little bit more progressive legislation passed. So I am running to be a voice for the vulnerable in our district that are not getting a very loud voice right now. So that is why I feel like people should vote for me. That's a very good reason. And where can people donate? They can donate on my website or any of my social media platforms have the link on there. Oh, okay. awesome. sounds good. And that's, I believe that's Kelly for Arkansas.com. Yes, sir. Got it right. There you go. <laughs> uh, but thank you for joining us this week um, on episode 62 of the The District 3 podcast. We look forward to you winning your campaign. Hey, and uh, hopefully we get more people, more good people like you elected and representing us at the state legislature. Yeah, um, we need it. But that's the episode for this week. Thank you all for tuning in and we'll catch you all next week. Thank you. Peace.